0: this is the powershell podcast powershell and devops global summit edition think of it as powershell after dark the bar sessions jordan and andrew give you a look at the powershell and devops global
1: summit after hours now here's your hosts jordan hammond and andrew claw
2: hello everybody yeah i'm ultra mega superstar jordan at summit next to me is you know Andrew, or whatever.
1: Ooh, yeah, I can appreciate a downplay. Um, I'd be disappointed if I met me in person for the first time, too.
2: And today, for our first guest at Summit, we got the man who ducked us all year last year.
1: That's <laughs> him, Josh Hendricks. Hey, guys. What's up? Oh,
3: Josh has some food arriving you from yeah. the lovely Winona. That's nah, all right. I mean, it's the fries like, will be cold when we're done, but uh, yeah. you know, yeah, feel free. you guys are oh, worth it. Dude, feel feel free community. to eat while we're talking.
2: <laughs> Everyone wants to hear you chew. <laughs> Little ASMR, yeah, that'd be so great. Last year we ended up hanging out quite a bit mm-hmm. at the we, we hit the different bars, we had a lot of fun, but we never got to sit down and talk PowerShell. Is this well, your I
3: mean we never talk PowerShell with the mic yeah.
2: rolling. Oh, yeah. Not yeah. when all three listeners <laughs> could appreciate what you have to add.
1: Yeah last year. So do people even know we're at the bar? So this is our first interview of Summit 2023. Um, usually when we're here, we do these bar sessions. So we're at the hotel downstairs. They have a restaurant bar um, and currently they're out of a lot of alcohol. <laughs> they have a, only a couple of beers left on tap. Um, but we try and get like a vibe of the conference kind of thing and chat with some awesome people that we met during the weekend. Like uh, you're saying, Jordan, we met Josh last year and he's been a friend ever since. To be honest, Thank I've been you. having great interactions and bumping into him on social media. Very supportive guy, very community oriented and a great PowerSheller to boot. So yeah, super nice stoked fans. to have you, man.
3: Yeah, appreciate uh, it. How
2: many summits is this for you? just?
3: Uh, this is a second in-person it's summit. Okay. So oh, I was so at you... the 2021 uh, uh, virtual summit, which, um, you know, the content was good. And that's why yeah. I came to 2022.
4: hmm.
2: Um,
3: but yeah, after 2022, we, uh, my coworker Richard and I, uh, got a couple more coworkers to to sign up. So yeah,
2: we, we don't have video for this one, but Richard's the one that's just off camera. <laughs> he's pretending he doesn't hear us. No, Richard's awesome.
1: I loved hanging out with him last year. He's a security type that uh, doesn't do interviews,
2: which I respect. Yeah. <laughs> if, I, if I, I, I think go. that's the most security thing he's ever done. Like I don't want to accidentally give some obscure piece of information,
1: right? A good opsec,
3: good opsec. <laughs> All
2: right, so you you took full on notes. Uh, which which uh... I mean,
3: I, I took some notes from the last couple of days, just things that uh, that caught my caught my ear.
2: In, uh, any session in particular stood out to you that you loved? Uh, so
3: I, I think today my favorite. Um, it's probably a tie between uh, your session, uh, Andrew. Oh, thanks. The, wow. Um, uh, your code is flawless, but how you doing? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I thought it was really great to bring mental health uh, to the you know to the to the yeah. conversation, and um, I just thought you guys covered a lot of good topics. And
1: thanks, yeah, I was pleased to do that one. It definitely is important to have those conversations and to bring um, more safety to communities, to the workplace. And I definitely felt like we achieved our goal of at least making it just a little, just 1% easier, 1% for next year, for next time, show people it's a little bit safer um, and maybe help some people see things from a slightly different perspective. Um, But one of my favorite things about Summit is the people. And it seems like so many of the people here kind of get it. You know, we definitely all have room for improvement, but so many people here are so well-intentioned and there's been such a good vibe and positive environment created for so long mm-hmm. that it we benefit from that safety that's already been created. Um, and it's so great to get to come here for a week and just bask in that. I'm very much basking in community.
3: Yeah I think the PowerShell community it's it's the only IT related community that has has felt welcoming and positive that, that I've encountered. I mean,
2: we heard from Rob Sewell that yeah. the DBA was very similar. In fact, I believe he said better, but I think he's he's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and I think also some local
1: DevOps, like DevOps Days type things, I think they can have some great stuff too. Um, mm-hmm. But, I, you know, I'm not like saying I'm an expert at that, but man, the, the PowerShell community definitely has something special.
2: So outside of Andrews, that was a very much, it was a soft skill, so it's a important. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, mean, <laughs> I can hear myself very loud through the earpiece. <laughs> <your> <laughs> DJ
1: Jordan, he's got the whole mix up here.
2: I'm trying not to be too loud. I'm, I'm very aware if I go too loud on this one. I apologize. But you had Andrew. It was a soft skills, important skills, uh, basically making sure you're in a good mental state, which yeah, a general happier life. You're also probably going to do better code. Is there, Have you been to any technical type classes? That yeah,
3: yeah. So uh, let's see. Joel Bennett's session on invoke build today. I thought nice. that was uh, that was really good. I use uh i think it's powershell build and Saki right oh, now and yeah. in, in my main project and uh yeah i was just interested to see uh, i didn't realize that invoke build had been around for for so long and I, I thought joel did a good job of talking about um sort of the good and the bad of that module but the fact that it's like continuously maintained and been maintained constantly for yeah. for so many years yes
2: I, I, I do like I a- a talk that doesn't shy away from the these are the negative parts nothing's perfect so highlighting that's not mm-hmm. necessarily a bad thing it gives you a better uh a more well-rounded yeah, yeah conversation oh, for sure more honest
1: and i love seeing that type of stuff um, I watched the Winget PowerShell module talk, and I was very pleased with how the PM conducted himself and okay. how open he was. Uh, and to me, that type of transparency that PMs and companies are starting to bring more and more, having that be more of a standard is great. It is so helpful to build trust. Um, yep.
2: So overall, he, did. he dropped yesterday the alpha module for a PowerShell wrapper for Winget. Which okay. is I'm I'm very excited about like that. a set but, of modules, yeah. Yeah, he was he was very clear that he's not a PowerShell guy, but he took input, and then when he found out how upset we were about case sensitive, he was <laughs> surprised, but he he listened, took the feedback, yeah. and I think it's going to make father to change.
1: And and shout out to Justin Grody who did a great job. Which I wanted to say to the guy as well um, that you know he really appreciated the work he'd put in, how open he is, and receptive. Uh, because when you're dealing with open source stuff, you want to make sure that the people who would be investing a lot of time opening up issues, experimenting with things, you want to make sure that they feel confident that their feedback is going to be received. Mm-hmm. And it was cool to see how proactive he was. I wish I could remember his name. I did not take those notes. Um, and we're just in the moment right now. But it was yeah. a great talk. Being a, I,
3: a PM is a, is a real difficult job. I mean, it is. You, you can't please everybody. And, um, you know, not everybody is... Uh, as constructive <laughs> as yep. others, when they when they offer their feedback. So um, I thought the the Microsoft folks have done a really good job at um, at being open and and accepting of some of the flaws that have been pointed out, and um, you know, open to the conversation. So it's, yep. they've done a good job. Love to thought. see it.
1: I like it when organizations that are in a position of prominence. Demonstrate good stuff like that, good behavior, good communication, because it makes it easy for all of the s- smaller organizations to look and kind of replicate that behavior mm-hmm. that's been modeled for them. And uh, so yeah.
2: I I just remembered this off the top of my head. I d- absolutely didn't look at my notes. Oh, you didn't? Yeah. Okay, th- did. th- his name is Demetrius Nilon. Yeah, he did a fantastic job. Demetrius,
1: yeah. you rocked it. I am <laughs> sure you're probably not listening, but you rocked it. <laughs> he was openly not from a PowerShell background, but They talked about what he kind of struggled with, how he didn't like the verbosity at first, but he appreciated how it was explicit, uh, kind of thing. So it was cool. I really appreciated that. Instead of just saying, oh, love PowerShell, (laughs) it's like, no, here's where I come from. Um, Yeah, sorry, I won't keep talking about it, but I was really happy to see that.
2: Well, this one, it wasn't a plan for me, but I think all of my talks or most of them have been run by Microsoft employees. I went to Sydney Smith's. Oh, she's awesome. And, (gasps) They gave his first name Andy, not his last name. He's not listed. as Andy Schwartz, I think. Andy Schwartz. Okay, so they went there and they just basically talked about the changes to the PowerShell extension in VS Code. Nice. And I didn't realize that they had done that extensive. In fact, the the PowerShell Preview uh, extension on its own is now deprecated. And instead, if you download the PowerShell one, you just have an opt-in for the PowerShell Preview. So it's just one one, which is kind of nice. It makes it more condensed. If you want it, you flip a switch. Makes sense. Um,
1: I, one thing that I thought was pretty cool was, and it kind of ties into my first talk that I gave on TUI's, is <clears throat> the improvements to the console experience. It's really cool mm-hmm. how Microsoft and the team is focused on making that experience better, the terminal experience.
3: It makes it a, a heck of a lot more approachable than than a lot of other languages. So I, I don't have much experience with Python. I've written some tools uh, with Python in the past, right. and I like it. Um, but coming to PowerShell and then getting over the the verbosity and the syntax that that kind of threw me through a loop coming from a c-sharp background yep. uh you know once i got over that like i, I just developed a, a big love for the the help system and and the commandlets that uh, that help you explore modules and yep. and all that
1: it empowers you to discover it for yourself love it
5: yep
2: so uh, there, there's one talk that i think it was we all attended at the test in production yeah which mm. i i was curious where everyone Sit on that because a lot of her points made sense. But the big thing is, by the, the nature of flagging, it seems to me that Microsoft has been doing that with Windows because you have the uh, enablement packages mm-hmm. that aren't really massive installs. They just flip a switch to enable the feature. Right. So, so it yeah. feels like testing in prod is more prevalent. It's just when you first hear it, it's very off putting
1: yeah, and I think that what you're kind of referring to is she was talking about, uh, I think Talia Nasa is her name, yep. and she was talking about feature flags and having feature flags in your product. And a feature flag is, Josh, maybe you could explain what a feature flag is?
3: Uh, I mean, I can try. <laughs> so um, so yeah, so a feature flag, uh, as Talia described it, uh, was a, uh, a tool that lets you um, specify that there is going to be a branch in in the code. Where some users are going to go one direction and yeah. other users are going to go another, and so you you create this feature flag and then you in, you reference that in your code so that um, only specific groups of users, so maybe your testers, developers, uh, any automation that you have, um, goes the the new path, uh, and then your your current user base continues along the the normal path until you're confident that the new feature is ready to go.
2: Yep. And yep. I, th- I think our overall, like the, the big one was staging environment is never going to be an exact duplicate mm-hmm. and, right. it's, and it's going to be lower priority. So if it's down, it just makes testing more difficult. Yeah, the
3: whole, the whole room laughed when, when she talked about how the staging environment is just never important. She so
2: right. made a lot of great points, but that's still a hard leap for me.
1: It is, but you know, the feature flag we're talking about repositories. Okay. So the code base, it's just a flag that people have to get a different feature. If that feature doesn't go well while it is still in production, you can completely divert users from seeing that experience effectively. You know, it kind of is a test, but it is in production, like she said. So it's, I think it's very cool. And she also mentioned that a feature is not considered complete until the feature flag is removed, right? So you're testing that new feature. It's accepted. It's part of the code now. Okay, it's working for everyone. Make sure you now remove that mm-hmm. um, so you don't have cleanup to do later. Kind of yeah, thing.
3: imagine working a couple of years on a code base and not cleaning those up. And then oh, at some gosh. point, you're like, we, we, we need to delete some of these. Which ones are safe to delete?
2: Tech debt. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And the last part was uh, use a canary. Like, mm-hmm. once you're done with your tester, you want to go uh, public, send it out to about 1% of your customer base instead of all of it. So, yeah. if something goes, does go wrong, you're angry 1%, not 100%. Yep. Yeah, I thought
3: mm-hmm. that was a good point. Um, so, I, and Joel Bennett asked on uh, on Mastodon, um, asked what people thought of you know, testing in and production and, and Tali's presentation. Uh, and and I had shared that, you know, basically what we've talked about here, that I think it's a good, a good. Uh, a good She shared some good ideas for how that you, how you can safely develop in a way that uh, you're able to test those features and roll them back fairly easily. Um, But then it's not necessarily applicable to, to all the different types of projects you might be working on. So, you know, if if you're working on front end, then it makes a lot of sense. And and she, she specifically called that out. Um, But if you're working on back end or infrastructure, um, then it, it may not necessarily be the best path, but the, the ideas that she was sharing, I mean, they, they're sort of universal.
1: Good. I, I missed her saying that, um, but that makes sense because whenever I'm thinking about feature flags, I'm thinking about a browser sending yeah. one extra little thing. I didn't think about it from like an interior infrastructure perspective.
2: But it, I think it speaks to the persuasion persu- of your argument because when she started, I think 99% of that room was not just no, but hell no. <laughs> and then by the end of it, it's like, well, oh, there's some good points in there. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Yeah, yeah, I mean test in production if you have designed your product and your project to be tested in production. It exactly. takes a lot of work <laughs> up front to do yeah. that.
1: And I imagine a lot of people aren't working in environments that aren't like kind of janky legacy <laughs> decisions made before anyone knew anything. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're still in that state. So
3: I was trying to think of how a a feature flag type feature would work in a PowerShell module code base. And it's Again, it's kind of a different environment, Um, but uh, I have done something similar with like environment variables, where you know I'm trying to test something out that doesn't necessarily affect the user or add new module or uh, new commandlets to the module, but it might change the behavior a little bit. Yes, that Uh, seemed to work.
1: Isn't that and apologies if I'm incorrect here, but I believe like constrained language mode or something has a environment variable or something or system something or other. I think it's an environment variable that you set that when enabled, it does that. I might be incorrect, um, but I remember there's something like that.
3: Yeah, there was... Uh, so I think you had somebody on that talked about constrained language mode and mm-hmm. they had written a chapter in, what was it, the PowerShell yeah. conference? PowerShell
1: Michael, yeah. The book. new one, um, automation. I don't remember the name. Automation yeah. PowerShell? Mm-hmm. So Modern Automation, a, I think.
3: there are some good t- I picked up that that book today, so I'll I'll dig into that because I thought... Originally, I thought constraint language mode was essentially locking everybody down to the same set of super basic commandlets or something. But no, it's it seems like you're able to define which commandlets people are allowed to use and 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 put that in your environment yeah, configuration.
2: If you just turn it on with no settings, then basically nothing works.
3: But it's <laughs> which one is of those, why nobody likes it.
2: <laughs> yeah, which it takes a lot of setup, and you want to make sure you can even allow, like, if you have your own self signing cert or your own code signing cert, you can mm-hmm. allow that, say anything signed by this is okay, but then it's still something. That's right. So with with the proper setup, it won't be limiting with your environment eventually, but a lot of people don't wanna get there because a lot of stuff breaks right away. Yeah, I, I did a, a webcast on that and in my dry run the day before, I turned it on, never turned it off. And so through most of the webcast, I could figure out why none of my code <laughs> ran. And we, we got it fixed by halfway through. Huh. <laughs>
3: Uh, <laughs> it's good security though it's you know, it, Actually, you know what? people so, should probably talk about it more. It's kind of like uh, I was talking with uh, with my coworker earlier about um people have a habit of just turning off Windows firewall when things don't work oh, or yeah, giving gosh. giving accounts full admin rights. yeah, it's uh, like I just need it to work, so this this works
2: yeah I, I'd say the maybe the two biggest security people we talked to, Fernando Thomason and Fred Weineman, both were adamant that. No environment should be without constrained language mode, but the documentation on how to set it up for your environment there's not a lot out there. Mm-hmm. There's, it's it's pretty sparse.
1: Modern IT automation with
2: PowerShell. That's the, that's I believe that's the name. <laughs> I don't know if that's actually the official title. We
1: didn't look it up, but yeah, I ordered that book and then it got delivered to Jordan, and then Jordan stole it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, still on Kelly's desk. I'm not gonna read. I'm not a nerd. <laughs> Dude,
1: while we got Josh, I got to talk about something I always talk about. And that is the power of just a little bit of support. And I see you doing that so often. And the effect it's had on us has been so great. You know, just that little reassurance of just seeing an occasional uh, like, an occasional whatever, uh, comment, those interactions, they're genuine, right? I really appreciate how you are kind, but you're also very genuine in how you go about it. So it comes off the right way.
3: I try. I like to see people succeed. And, and when people put out the effort like you guys have with uh, with the podcast and with, you know, outside of the podcast, just, you know, being with the community and being supportive of other people, it's just, you know,
1: we see it. Yeah. I like that because I, before we uh, interviewed you, I told Jordan, I was like, yeah, uh, Josh gets it. He's an awesome person. <laughs> I'm so excited to have him
3: on. Well, thanks, man.
2: Yeah. I, I Looking back last year where we'd been doing this for like two months and we didn't have any episodes I, I feel like we were pretty presumptuous, like thinking people would want to talk to us. But this time, I feel different. It's somebody like, yeah, I wouldn't want to talk to us.
4: Uh,
3: and for the record, I it was not because you guys were new to the mm-hmm. the podcast, and and so that's not the reason why I didn't do an interview with you last year. So. <laughs> It was more on me. Um, yeah, a little bit nervous about what to talk to. I'm not generally the the, the best conversationalist. Uh, I try, though.
2: You wouldn't know because um, you're crushing it.
3: <laughs> and uh, and then plus, you know, by the time I, I had felt ready to do it and had a, a couple of beers, um, <laughs> you guys were. <laughs> uh, you know, I had, had one interview after another. So I was nice. just enjoying watching you guys.
1: Nice. Well, I'm glad that you did this year. Yeah. I'm yeah. Really
2: glad to have you. This is a lot of it. like I don't know. I, I feel like we spend a large portion of our day now just talking PowerShell to people smarter than us and that's just a great day. <laughs> it's, a, it's always
3: nice to be uh, not the smartest person in the room.
1: Yeah. Definitely I feel that way here. But it's always <laughs> funny. Everyone feels that way all the time and it, yep. the truth is there's always people who you're better than at some things and that are better than you and it, it, fortunately at a place like this it's really accepting and it's cool.
2: I'm gonna make a public service announcement. What's that? PowerShell.org needs moderators. Oh, thank you.
1: Wow, I think we're probably gonna shill for this a few times now that you're bringing it up. Now they need moderators. They need blah. They need moderators. I can't say too much.
2: Writers, moderators. Yeah, they're looking on. They need. They need a lot of help. I guess uh, over the last couple of years, a lot of the volunteer help has dried up. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. needs moderators? PowerShell.org. powershell.org
3: oh PowerShell.org. oh yeah. Yeah, they're, yeah they're asking for for bloggers too yeah. yeah. i'm just gonna volunteer for that just need to figure out
2: how
1: yeah definitely reach out to james petty um we'll probably interview him sometime this week or, or following up summit usually we do Boy, i hope so oh yeah yeah james <laughs> but it definitely get some more people involved and start beating that community drum
2: all right well Thank you for taking the time to talk to us. We're we're not going to let your food get any colder.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah. No, thank you so much, man. So glad. We're going to have to do it again sometime, man. Sounds good.
2: Friend of the podcast.
1: (laughs) PowerShell after
2: dark. Welcome back Uh, to the the bar sessions. Yes, we've been live for 24 seconds. No, we're going. All right. Well, we're we're here. We have the legend. This makes him three-time guest, James Petty.
5: Am I the only three-time guest? You are the only three-time guest. Steven Judd, it's on you now. That's right.
1: And, you know, he was looking for us. He said, oh, you're doing sessions? Okay. And he smiled and walked away with his hands (laughs) interlaced one at a time going across.
2: Looking to keep... So we tend to bring you on around Summit every time just so you can give your pitch on why this is the greatest thing ever. Right.
1: I feel like we've just interviewed, we've done three interviews before, probably for this episode. And I think they've all
5: echoed some similar reasons, but it'll be great to hear from you. Yeah. So the 2023 event has been far superior to anything we've ever had. So we were, the 2022 event was the first event post COVID. Right. And we were like, oh, yeah, we had 125 people and it was great. And the energy was, it was fantastic. Coming, you're coming out of the pandemic, but we're coming in this year. Like the energy is just completely different than any summit that we've ever had. This is the 10th anniversary of the PowerShell and DevOps wow. Global Summit. So 10 years, 10 years we've been doing this, and the the energy here is just it's so different that it's it's unexplainable.
1: Agreed. We've been hey, talking about it.
5: No, it's just like everybody. like it doesn't matter what session you're going to, whether you're breakfast, lunch, a breakout, a 90-minute session, a 45-minute session. Lightning demos. Oh, my God. We had almost 30 lightning demos. Oh, my gosh. A packed house, too.
2: Hey, you no, told me you cut off at 21. You kept no, going, No,
5: huh? No, they cut off at 21. They went past that. And they still had to turn people down because we were out of time. We and we were, were like, to hear that. this is last year. We were like, please, please, like, Help us fill this this time slot. And and th-
2: there's also an extreme amount of first timers.
5: We were almost at a 75 percent first time wow attendee. Which I love that. W- all right. So in a pre-pandemic era, we were at about a 30 percent first time rate. Wow. And uh, so, and that's kind of what we were shooting for. We had the same people coming over and over and over, and it was great. We love our alumni. Uh, obviously, the pandemic. You know, change a lot of people's lot careers, of whether it be forced or unforced. Yep. And now we're like, last year we're about a 50%, but this year a 70% new, like, first time sponsor, not sponsor, first time attendee. Yeah. And we still have this same exact energy that we had in a pre-pandemic era. It's just unheard of.
1: <gasps> it's been so great. You know, um, I've definitely, I was mentioning this on an earlier interview where in 2020, I had a lot of people on Twitter that I followed from the PowerShell world, and so many of them have not been on ever since, right? It really changed the way we kind of did things. And I can say, like you're saying, compared to last year, wow, it has been amazing. I love the infusion of new people who are passionate about PowerShell, who are getting tons of value out of the conference, who are getting their mind blown by getting this experience. Right. And it's just such a fantastic thing. One of my favorite yeah. things about recording these is getting to to share that with others and show them like this is a really impactful thing and it's not just us on the podcast shilling it's tangible
5: right and not only that but so we also have our on-ramp program going on so third right. year for the on-ramp program we have 17 attendees in the on-ramp program half of which have agreed to write a blog post for powershell.org as part of the promotions that we have going on so we're trying to do 24 wow. blog posts in 12 months a and and the if we can get if we can reach that this week, which I think we already have by this point, yeah, you know, we're gonna give a free a ticket out to one of our to one of our pool of people. But we we have so 15 people in the on ramp. So at least has so, so we have eight people who have already committed from the on ramp program yeah. who have committed to committing uh, at least one, if not more, blog post to powerfill.org. Like this is just the on ramp. That's, that's not counting the other people, right. the other 200 people that are in our expert level program.
1: It's been so cool to see people push themselves, take that next step, do a lightning demo for the first time, be a little bit concerned, but be reassured, go through it, have it be successful, be encouraged enough to commit to do a blog post. It's such a fantastic thing to be amongst others in the community doing similar things. It it helps you push forward. And for me, it's been such a great time to recharge my battery and remember that it's not just me, like we're really part of this bigger thing.
5: right? Uh, again, and we, and the people who are attending the summit this year, again, 75% of the people are brand new, never been to the PowerShell and DevOps Global Summit. But we not. oh, we have, we have Lynn, who came from Australia. Oh, I love it. We have Josh, who came from New Zealand. And we have, I'm not going to lie, I don't remember his name. But we have at least we have one person. Gordon
1: from South Africa? Yeah, yeah.
5: Gordon came from South Africa. 31 hours in an airplane to get That's here. Commitment. So he could attend this event.
1: We got to talk to him. He's a fan of the podcast, so.
5: Fantastic. I, I mean, like, can you imagine 31 oh, yes. hours in an airplane and coach
2: to come to, <laughs> oh, my to, come to this
5: event? And then 31 hours back
2: i paid to upgrade for first class and it was 90 minutes i'm sorry <laughs> that's going to be a long ride back like he's going right. to be missing I mean, things
5: yeah uh, so I, I i know some other people talked to him we're like well like why did you come to this event there you have powershell conf you we have powershell conf asia which it's been rebranded as psdc uh you know india but still you had you have multiple events closer to you why did you choose to come here and just he has a fantastic story Oh, we'll have to chat with him. Yeah, you definitely need to chat with him. Also, uh,
1: we saw a friend of his, Samantha Hall, from Isle of Man in the UK, which is this really cool place. We'll talk with her more about it, but it's oh, awesome.
5: Oh, oh, no, yeah. We, we met with her at the bar last night. Oh, we, yeah. She was going to tell and we're like, I mean, you realize PS you is right down the road. And she goes, I don't want to go to that event. I want to come here. And we're like, I like it. Why? Could do
2: both. Could you both. So, I, I am curious did you do something to push uh, more involvement from the powershell team on the speaking front or is it just that they're Cause i remember last year they did the initial state of the shell and then i caught a hallway track where i talked to sydney and she said they're always looking for people to contribute whether it even is to open a session or ask a question. but this time it feels like every slot you have someone from the powershell team giving a talk is that my design or is just
5: no no it, it just so happens so last year Microsoft as a company was still on travel restrictions and travel restrictions, even though we were in the same town, travel restrictions still apply. So now what's happened is all those restrictions are lifted. So all the engineers that live within driving distance of the hotel can come in. And that and that and that is what has happened. Not only do we have all five PowerShell, be, all, all five PMs on the PowerShell team, but we also got all most of the engineers and of course the whole cloud shell team so they just they just joined their PowerShell product group within the couple, last couple months so we had their engineering manager uh, De- uh, Darren did a lightning demo and then we had a couple of the cloud shell group is just they're a fantastic group of people they're not used to coming out to conferences they've never been kind of allowed to come out uh, so now they're like they're a public facing group now thanks to us So yeah, it's all because we are we are here and they can
2: drive here. Love it. That's I don't know. I've been enjoying that. I I don't know if it's by design, but I ended up going to a lot of them. So I got uh, like improvements to VS Code extension. Yeah, that was a good one. I got to see the alpha release of wrapping WinGit. In a PowerShell module? Oh, 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 oh. They, yeah, the win
5: the Winget get session that so, they did was freaking fantastic. It was so, packed. Yeah, it, so, was, uh, it was packed. I we had to kick people out of the room because there was fire were, hazard. Not only were we were in standing room only, but we we were beyond that. And I'm like, right. no, like you have to leave. You need to go to another
2: room. But uh, the fact that he dropped that like the alpha out there yesterday, April 24th. Right. The day before. So it's brand new.
5: Yeah. And Demetri and so, and, and and is a fantastic person. Oh, he uh, is.
1: We were talking he's about a fantastic that. fantastic yep.
5: presenter. He has so much good information.
1: And he's so honest.
6: Right. I really
5: I, appreciated that. Right. So what you need to do is once these sessions go live, it's going to be about six, about two months from today. So we'll call it June 1st. Uh, all these sessions are going to be uh, going to be put up on YouTube. You need to go and watch Dimitri's session on Winget. It is freaking fantastic.
1: It is. It is a lot of stuff there. My takeaways were just how to communicate and how to be a project manager, how to prioritize things and communicate that. And you're mentioning how many sessions the PowerShell team did, and you know I'm not on the PowerShell team, obviously, but I think that the fact that they're so present and communicating speaks to the fact that they're wise they're with it. They understand that communication is paramount. They understand that in order to do that, you actually have to, to talk and it leads to better outcomes on every front. And it, it's really awesome to be able to benefit from that and engage with them and learn and, and see the state of the shell with Steve Lee yesterday. and kind of keep up to date with things it's very reassuring as someone who's invested so much of their time and skill set into powershell to see all the awesome improvements in the terminal experience and how ai can kind of tie into things and all kinds of awesome stuff
5: so it's also great because not only like like you said we have people from the powershell team that are here but they're also they're not here just nine to four when their sessions they come in early they have breakfast with us they have they they participate in the hallway track. They're here with lunch. They're here at the bar with us right now. Like they are hanging out. Yeah, they are hanging out with us. They were at Lucky Strike earlier. They're gonna be they're gonna be with us all week, not just during the session, but they're like the entire time that we're here, they're hanging out with us. Because they want to hear what we have to say, which is in a sense what the community has to say.
1: Right. It is. Th-
5: that that's, that's what one of the represents. benefits of this conference. Like we are the community's voice at this moment to the PowerShell team. And they want to hear what we what we have to say.
1: I love it, man. I am I feel so fortunate to be able to be here and be experiencing this right now with everyone and to be able to see so many people at different parts of their journey getting amazing benefits in different ways and to be able to have people that I've known for a while come to this conference and see them now and catch up and oh hey, it's been a while. It's such uh it's added so much great stuff to my life and I'm so appreciative so Thanks so much for your efforts, man. I know it's been a lot uh, of effort on your part, and it
2: very much so goes
5: appreciated. Oh, I appreciate it. It's, it's a lot of stress, but it's a lot of fun.
2: Yep. As, as the boss of everything, uh, tell John he has to talk to us.
1: Oh, he will. He will. Oh, uh, yeah.
5: But I bet we, we can make that happen for sure. I bet John is the one that really does all the work. Oh, I yeah. Just signed the John's I just signed the, man. the receipts.
1: John's the man. I love his attention to detail. He's a very thoughtful, kind person.
2: Right, well, thanks for your time. Uh, I know you're incredibly busy, and now it's time to unwind and drink.
5: I, I appreciate I appreciate having me. It was a great time, and uh, I mean, we still have two more days of summit left. So oh we are,
1: my gosh, it's just getting started. Right?
5: Yeah, no, yeah. We are just getting started. Okay. There's some good sessions. Lined awesome. Up
1: too. Well, we'll chat with you soon. Uh, do a recap of summit here in about a week or two. And awesome. All right. Cheers. Cheers. PowerShell after dark. PowerShell.
2: Hey, ready? Andrew and Jordan still at Summit? Yeah, we sessions. are sitting in the same
1: exact spot as last time we said this.
2: Yeah, and we're talking to Ryan. I'm sorry, Speltz-
4: Spletzer. Spletzer. Yeah, oh. my last name. If you rearrange the letters, you can spell pretzels. Okay, so wow. that's how that's how you can remember it. But yeah, Spletzer. S P L E T Z E R.
1: Wow. Now,
4: when did you start using that pretzel explanation? Well, yeah, I. You know, the way it happened was i was making a gamer tag for xbox let's go one day nice and uh people always screw up my name my first name too because when i say hey my name is ryan they say oh your name is brian b-r-y-a-n <laughs> oh my and i was gosh. like okay yes. well yes. so i just made a joke out of it it's like okay my gamer tag on xbox is going to be brian pretzels and that's oh, that's nice. how i figured it out one day so anyways that's nice i like yeah. it
2: <laughs> okay,
1: so you Love a good origin story. Yeah,
2: <laughs> You're here from Autodesk, and was this your first Summit, or have you been doing this for this, a while?
4: This is my first Summit. I admired the Summit from afar for many a year. I've been using PowerShell for 10-plus years and been watching you know, content from the Summit for that long, but just have never had the opportunity to make it out here for one. And obviously, we've had a pandemic the past couple of years that's made things a little weird, but yeah. finally got the opportunity to come out this year, and uh, yeah, really loving it, getting to meet all my PowerShell heroes in the community, uh, people I've looked up to for a long time. So. And
1: I'll have you know, he just met Jordan about three minutes ago. So who
2: is I, he talking about? I, I don't <laughs> think he's, I think he's talking, I'm going to guess uh, Jason Helmick.
4: Yeah, who, who are your heroes <laughs> that are here? Well, speaking of Jason Helmick, I mean, I literally sat down next to Jason for lunch strategically because <laughs> I wanted to say to him, hey, I watched your videos with Jason. MVA, for- right? Yep, yep PowerShell. I, I said, yep. hey, your videos with Jeffrey Snover and yourself, from like 10 years ago about powershell and dsc changed my life you know changed the trajectory of my career and i was like i wanted to get that out there make sure he understood that he had a huge impact on all of us you know dude, i love hearing
1: that because yeah. i i echo the same experience with that series mm-hmm. so helpful it played such a large role in me learning it and not only learning it it was setting mm-hmm. the vibe yeah it was It's cool to make mistakes. It's all right. We're just kind of figuring it out. Yeah, I'm, you know, they could have big dogged it and said, oh yeah, we're, we have it all figured out. We're the head of the this and that. No, but they really made it approachable and and helped set the tone for a great community.
4: Jason was joking with me. He's like, oh, I was going to maybe re-record a new one with Jeffrey at one point, but... We realized, oh, you know, not much has changed since Powerful Shell 3.3, so let's just stick with it. And I was like, yeah, that would almost be like trying to re-record Star Wars or something, right? Like, you don't you don't mess with the originals. Who so. would ever do
2: that? When, when you've made art, just let the art be.
1: Wow, I love that. I love, smoking like a true artist. This guy arts. <laughs>
2: Oh. It, it is, uh, the especially the first time, overwhelming of all of the people where you've been reading their stuff, you've been following along and you just have a conversation with them and it turns out they're people.
4: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. these are real human beings. They they live and work and do all sorts of stuff and it's like cool to meet them in person. And, it, and it's, mu- it, it's big, but it's much more intimate, I would say. I've been to a lot of different conferences that are on a larger scale and the thousands of people, but like this one is like, you know, you see all the people in this room that like you follow on Twitter or Mastodon or whatever. And it's like, Oh, I can walk up and actually talk to that person. You know, I'm not just to see, I'm not just a person in a sea of like 50,000 people at like AWS reinvent or something like that. Right. Yeah.
2: So I think the goal what is 500 people we're building back up to? It? Or I say we, like we're I'm involved.
1: I mean, we shill pretty hard. We, We've, <laughs> we shout out this a lot. We interview a lot of yeah. the people talking about but it. So 500
2: people, and it's rebuilding. We've got more than last year. Yeah, I think like, uh, double last year. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah 240 this time. Very and, cool. and
1: I'll say, you mentioned Twitter earlier, and I, I recently went through my Twitter and looked through some of the people from 2018 and 2019 that I saw, and the number of people on Twitter that completely dropped off the face of the earth in 2020, yep. when things hit the fan, is really high. Yep. And I remember a
4: lot of those people and I and I miss them, so I hope they are doing well. Yeah, it's a different vibe now, man. I mean, the thing is, uh, what I'm doing these days is actually blogging more. I realized after the whole Twitter thing that, you know, I poured my heart and soul, well, not maybe that much, but I poured a lot into Twitter over the span of, I gosh, who knows how many years since 2008, when Twitter came around and, I was like, ultimately after it kind of imploded in certain ways or the lost its magic, I was like, I'm just gonna start blogging. Nice. I'm just gonna start making, my goal is to make a blog post a week and I post it to LinkedIn and, and a Mastodon and I get much more engagement and much more satisfaction out of that, I think than I did with Twitter, especially in this current state. So I, yeah, I feel we're, that. All, we're all changing our ways we do things. Now. Right, for yeah. sure.
1: Humans are always changing the preferred method of communication and the medium and, but I'm curious, what have you been blogging about lately?
4: Uh well, some of it's like high flutin thoughts about industry. Like I wrote okay. a blog about vendor lock in recently. Okay, um, nice. if you want to check it out. My blog's at spletzer.com. Oh, get a plug if in. You, there, if yeah. you if you can manage to spell my name, you can find my website. <laughs> it's just uh, like pretzels. spletzer, not s-
1: yeah, spletzer. I won't even say it the wrong way. Yeah,
4: <laughs> sp Yeah, so I'm blogging there now. Um, after being dormant for about, I don't know, three years. It's and and actually it's a cool thing. I'm doing it on GitHub pages. So yeah. all my blog posts. Are static site generated um, with Jekyll on GitHub Pages. They Love load it. instantly, and I get to author and Markdown. It's beautiful, so I'm really liking it. Yeah, yeah. and I, we were
1: talking about this earlier today when I ran across the room to see you. Whenever I recognized you, <laughs> and I suggested you do this as a side session, you know, because I know there's a lot of people who listen to us. We tell people all the time, start blogging, get started all yep. the time, and giving them that quick entry point that's like you said, really inexpensive. Uh, uh, approachable, accessible, awesome stuff.
4: Yeah, yeah, it's it's really good. Yeah, and I actually probably will take you up on that. I wrote down, I sent myself an email, I'm like, Think about a proposal next year for how no, to set up a year? blog on GitHub year? Pages. Oh, I guess it's kind of short, well, it's kinda it short just, notice. Well, kind of short notice, yeah. I could go talk to somebody. I said, hey, you got an extra slot, but yeah.
1: No, they do side sessions, so anyways, no pressure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> While everyone's
4: listening, will yeah. you be doing it? <laughs> ah.
2: So I, I kidding, think kidding. The, the easy intro is a big deal. And then for those that just want to try it out to see if blogging is something that interests them without spending money, uh, PowerShell Org or Windows Docs both need people to write blogs and they're happy to take it. Yeah, yeah. So write a blog, submit it, and if you enjoy it, then you can look at branching out to your own site. But it's a good, there's a lot of places to write something for PowerShell just to see if it's uh, what you're looking for.
1: Yeah. Love it. Cool. That's how I I used to have a blog that was static site generated, like you said, Jekyll, GitHub pages, and my user group is currently hosted on that as well. It's such a great approach. And it not only teaches you the blog aspect, which is great. It's the excuse to learn Git. Yep. It's the excuse to understand GitHub. And when I commit a new file, there's something that happens. And uh, the the thing you mentioned earlier about being Markdown files is really approachable too. Once you get it set up, yeah. you're just dealing with .md files, which is just text with a couple of little uh, pound signs here and there.
4: Yeah, and it's kind of beautiful. Like you know you. It gets you to learn Git, but also these days sometimes I'm pretty lazy and I just open the browser and hit new file and write in GitHub and just start writing a post right there you know it's it's literally that easy and then as soon as you commit it boom it's live so yeah you know why i like ryan because he said beautiful and i say that so often
1: i i do it a podcast i make sure to not do it too often because i i do like to draw nice conclusions to things
2: he's a very very positive person yeah it makes would you say you're an optimist
1: um <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I don't know.
2: I, I can answer this better than you. Yeah. When it comes to believing in people, 180% optimism. That's true. I definitely
1: believe in people. My in, big thing
2: in general, may, maybe not as much.
1: That's probably true. And people, I really do believe, you know, a lot of my confidence in myself comes from the fact that I believe that your average person and even below average can achieve amazing things if they don't stop, if they have a supportive environment, if they're given the right resources and support, anyone can do anything. And so I believe that as humans, as we keep learning, like we see this in the DevOps world, we try and figure out the best way to interact and to solve problems. And I think on the larger scale, as we keep growing and like my talk earlier today, we take these slight next steps to make things a little bit better for everyone. I think the things can be a lot better. And it's what motivates me to try and do whatever little I can to contribute because I, I believe in it. But, and I just like humans. Like uh, my bio <laughs> says, I prefer humans to computers. I do love people.
4: Yeah,
2: very much people person. Which is good, because without that, I wouldn't reach out to anybody. <laughs> it does help us get guests. <laughs> I will say that. All right. So, this is your first year. You said you've been following for a long time. Now that you've experienced what we're halfway through, are next year you're going to try to round up the troops and make sure more of uh, more of your yeah. coworkers come?
4: Yeah, absolutely. So, I am, you know, I think maybe some people from Honored Us might have come in the past if they don't, if I've heard colloquially maybe they have, but... I'm the only one from Autodesk here this year and part of my whole thing this year is kind of scouting out the conference right and and bringing it back to my leadership and saying hey there's a lot of people that could benefit quite a bit from coming to this conference and getting a lot out of it um and yeah so that's kind of, that's part of the reason I'm here is to yeah scout it out say hey bring more people next year so love that mm-hmm. and and not to shell too hard but there was even a little connection between our
1: companies, a little collaboration that by being here, we were able to meet each other and say, oh, hey, this yeah. might make sense if these people talk to each other and say hello and see what's up. So, yep, yep. It's cool and it's such a great way to meet other people. Um, one thing that we talked about in my talk earlier today was how do you know if where you're working is super toxic? And one of the answers to that was, and one one approach was to have other people in the same industry as you to give different perspectives and to be able to talk to them and have them say, like, "Wait, y'all are doing things that way. That is uh, something sounds a little wrong there. Are you sure that makes sense?"
2: I'm pretty yep. sure if I'm working there, it's toxic. Could you repeat that? I'm sorry. I'm pretty sure if I'm working there, it's toxic.
1: No, I can tell. <laughs> I can tell you what. No.
4: <laughs> yeah, it's easy to fall into bubbles, right? I mean, there's and there's a spectrum of like great place to work to super toxic. And then there's ones in the middle that it's just like, Hey, we don't know what the best practices are, right? Like, because we've got our head in the sands or we're just so focused on what we do on a day-to-day basis. And it's like getting yourself out of your natural environment and into an environment like this really helps to kind of dislodge some things in your brain and be like, Oh, we could do that differently. We could do this, we could do that. So yeah, I really appreciate that. For me, a big thing about coming to an in-person conference like this is getting
1: to connect and like sort of remind myself in a different way that I'm part of this community. And there's part of this thing bigger than me and I can refill my social juices, which I tell you what, I will be completely depleted as soon as this is over. <laughs> but I need that occasionally to just have the energy to keep contributing and to, yeah, I don't know. For me, that's, that's what I found works. Once a year, at least twice a year, ideally.
0: Yeah.
1: So
2: Halfway through, what's your favorite session so far? Favorite session? Oh, let me think. I well,
4: I think it was Andrews actually. Oh, yeah. Look at
2: that. Everyone's <laughs> hey. over. I'm starting to feel like this is Code Golf all over. I missed Code Golf last year, and everyone was raving about
4: it. <laughs> yeah, Andrews today was very great. I also liked um, Joel Bennett's session on Invoke Build um, and what he's doing with build pipelines. I think it's really interesting. Um, invoke Build's been around for a while. Then he also at the end kind of teased like, "Hey, y'all should be looking at Earthly." which is a new way to do builds within a container. So the idea being like, hey, your build machine doesn't have all the dependencies on it to build whatever you got to build, no problem. We're going to pull down a container, it's going to bootstrap all the dependencies into it on the fly and we'll output the build output from the container to the host machine. So it's like the ultimate like, hey, there's no more of this, it works on my machine or it works on this build machine. It's just like, you got Docker on the machine, great. We'll build it, we'll output it, and you can go on with your happy way. So I got to look into Earthly a little bit more and see what that's all about, because that's the whole concept there. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I got a weird question.
1: If you work at Autodesk, are you an Autodeskian, or do you have like a way of referring to (laughs) employment
4: there? (laughs) I think the preferred term is Autodeskers. Okay. I can see that. I just, Deskian
1: sounds a little cool, but okay.
4: It, but it's not like we going around saying it to people all day, like "Hello, fellow Autodesker. <laughs> How are you today? Greetings, <laughs> greetings, Autodesker.
2: I, I believe we are PD cuties. <laughs> oh yeah,
4: we're PD cuties. PD cuties. Okay. PD cuties.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. kidding. I have earned the moniker because I am just adorable. You're
1: PD handsome. <laughs>
2: Well, awesome, Ryan,
1: man. Thanks so much for joining us. Great catching up with you and getting to meet you in person. I felt like we already met before,
4: but apparently not. Just a big yeah. fan of yours. No, that was just stalking. Yeah. That's the yes. cool thing about this conference is I'm meeting a lot of people that I feel like I've met already, but I haven't really. Mm. And like that's just the ultimate cool culmination of being in the PowerShell community for about 10 years now and just like Meeting your heroes, frankly, you yeah. know? It's really cool. It really is cool. Yeah. And it makes the world and the community seem a lot less big. Yeah.
2: But awesome, man. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much.
1: PowerShell After Dark.
2: Welcome back to the Bar Sessions up from PowerShell Summit. We're here with Reese and Kevin. We, we talked a bit. You brought the most gadgets I think I've ever seen. Gizmos and Gizmos. gadgets, dude.
6: <laughs> Talking pieces. People have asked uh, if I have ever been in the Boy Scouts, and I have not, but I take that mentality to heart. I really do. I always be prepared, especially in technology. I find that uh, I liken it to having a toolbox, and I like having tools ready and available in my toolbox.
2: But you also 3D printed a box so you could print off uh, thermal business cards live
6: I, which that, i think that is fantastic is, that is accurate yes uh, so when covid hit i decided that i wanted to learn how to 3d print so uh i got uh actually reese and his roommate uh got me my first 3d printer it broke about a week later and uh i've been hooked ever since <laughs>
2: if, if, if it broke nice. it, that's how you just know it was uh, you were you were testing correctly <laughs> if, if it breaks in a week it means you did thorough testing oh
4: yeah yes
1: Okay, first of all, you got the, a very good podcaster voice. I don't know if you've been here before, but <laughs> I it definitely, that. dude, I'm calmed, I'm listening, I'm engaged, but we also got our well, homie well, Reese over so, here. So Reese, Reese, we
2: first went live, you said you really didn't want to do this. You care to explain?
0: Yeah, you know, just general public speaking worries. <laughs> but you're was, crushing it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Everyone has but I do that. enjoy technology. Do, do you find the so, stress
2: goes away when I call you out uh live on the recording?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So so one of the things that I enjoy doing the most is improv comedy. Well like that. That was one of my absolute favorite pastimes and hobbies. It's, did dude did that post-college? Can, like it was okay. my favorite thing. If someone says they're a singer,
1: you ask them to sing. If someone says they're an improv comedy, you Ask an improv comedy,
2: no.
0: Okay. You know what an improv comedian would ask you in return? What would you say, good sir? I, I would ask you how you feel about learning the tenets of improv comedy, because improv comedy is not a solo. Adventure. Oh. It requires a group. <laughs> I see a Jordan. I so, see a Kevin. So I see I, an
2: Andrew. I see, I see a, a Jordan. See I'm, a, I'm with Reese on Kevin. this. If you ask any comedian, like that's that's the most frustrating, most frustrating question you get oh so, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. A, if you're so funny, <laughs> tell a joke. It's
6: like, I, I, I got one. I got one. The
2: airplane. Oh. So,
6: uh, did you know that the actor Joaquin Phoenix, in preparation for the movie Joker, had to learn, uh, to represent a mentally unstable character, uh, he practiced by being a DevOps engineer and was responsible oh, <laughs> for reducing production Go to your room, costs. Go to your Dude,
1: that's set up. I think I read this joke earlier today, but you still had me.
2: I was like, oh, Oh my gosh! You pulled him in. He was he was excited to hear the punchline. I remember. Little... I it was actually printed off on one of your business cards. Yeah, that
6: is one of the random jokes that comes off uh, well, the Ke- business Kevin, card printer.
2: It, just to ask a prodding
0: question: What what about being a DevOps engineer would turn you into the Joker?
6: Yeah. What are the worst parts no. about being a DevOps engineer? Oh, yeah.
0: Let's can, get down to the. Can bad you explain
6: joke. the joke? Dealing <laughs> with dealing with people that don't want to communicate. Right,
2: no, so, yeah, oh,
0: yeah. I did. Yeah. What?
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's, that's great. Honestly, that's very true. We interview a lot of people, and so often it does come to communication, as that's the challenge with implementing better processes, more DevOpsy type stuff. It comes down to the human interaction. And when we talk to people who are super successful consultants and cloud endeavors, what do they focus on? Same thing. Um, Gail Colas comes to mind as one that we've talked to who really understands... David Dosnevis is another one who we've interviewed recently who is uh, in consulting and really understands the importance of communicating in a large way to organizations to get things done.
2: But plus we forever owe David Das Nevis an apology because our oh, intro gosh. was terrible.
1: Yeah, we gave we gave an intro that Jordan put me on the spot and asked a question, and I was like flustered and not quite fully ready. I didn't want to misspeak, so I like just. Move to the next thing, but you know what? That happens. We all flub things up, and
2: you know what? We're still here. I'm still alive. What's up? Yeah, we told them, "Oh, you got a couple of minutes while we lead into where we introduce you to the guest," and then like 30 seconds in, like, got oh, bell, bring in the guest." <laughs> but he was a true professional. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't go louder.
1: I, I'm okay. If you can't, that's <laughs> fine. But I'm having to like look because I can't quite hear. Okay,
2: okay. I, I will, I will try. Okay. Right. So.
6: Summit. Is this your guys' first summit or have you been to others? Uh, so, this is my first time at this uh, conference. Uh, it's been a while. Uh, last public speaking event was Sequel Saturday in 2019 in Baton Rouge. Oh, nice. Uh, really enjoyed it. It's the first time I got to meet Mike Robbins. Uh, That's always that fun. Had, hey, Mike that I, Freaking Robbins? Yeah. Oh, wow. That was Lucky. I, I had uh, read so many of his blog posts and based a lot of my, uh, AST work off of his articles. And then he's just in a session that I'm giving. Yeah. It, it, this is a a very similar experience here. Uh, this week is meeting heroes that I've only ever experienced through their work online. And it has been, it's Tuesday. We're here through Friday. Love and it. I already feel like I have lived more in the last two days than I have in the last six months. It's it, incredible.
2: It is an I amazing time. And I just love the entire flow. It's pretty consistent of this is when you learn, this is when you relax and, and get to talk to your heroes.
6: Yeah, both have been equally amazing. Random talks, uh sessions. Walking up to heroes, I mean, it's been an amazing experience so far. Love to
1: hear it. And congrats on doing your lightning talk today. I watched that. You crushed it. Very
6: cool. I appreciate that. I uh, i was starting to clam up about midway through, and I couldn't see anything else in the audience except for Jason Helmick. And I, I, I said something, and I saw him smile, clap, and give me a thumbs up and and that coasted me through the end of the talk. Love hearing that. Yeah. Oh, that's was awesome. incredible.
2: So how about you, Reese? Is this your first summit as well or the, first this PowerShell is summit?
0: My first uh summit, but one of the one of the absolutely bananas things to me is every time I go to a conference and hear people talk about technical stuff, it makes me realize how much implicit project management there is in every single action and and by project management I don't just mean completing whatever it is you're trying to achieve but also communicating Home. with the business about what you're trying to achieve right which Kevin has done extremely well in our organization but it it's an underrated, kind of skill that that often falls under the table. And that's that's kind of a talking point that I'd like to see more people make a, an objective point about is how how do you communicate with the CTOs of the world, with the CEOs of the world if you have dialogues with them. Um, and the I'm I'm this isn't an original idea. It's an idea I'm stealing from a lot of the information security Conferences I've been to in New Orleans. Um, and, and it's something that they stress because security has been dealing with for many years the problem of not having an effective way to dialogue with management. There, there's not a common language that they use to communicate or, or has been. I, it's been five, six years since I've been to one of those conferences. And I, I feel like. DevOps and PowerShell and automation is going through a very similar phase right now. And that's an area we could learn from because they've already been through it. That we could talk to them.
2: Yeah. So last year, uh, one of the things that I heard that was the best way I heard that is it doesn't matter how good your code is if nobody adopts it. And if you don't, I'm sorry. So it doesn't matter how good your code is if nobody adopts it. And if you don't have support of management, they're going to do everything they can to make sure it's not out there to get adopted. So you could be the best coder in the world. You still need to be working with people to make sure that people see it.
1: Yeah, and, yeah. and you mentioned earlier, communicating with executives, what's going on there. It kind of reminds me of our podcast with Don Jones, who's he's an executive these days. And we talked about what do executives do? How do they approach things? How do we communicate with them? That kind of stuff.
0: So
2: what do executives do? <laughs> So there's, in my opinion, there's a split because you have like CTOs, there's are shockingly amount of non-technical CTOs. And so I think the way you approach it is different. If you have a technical CTO, you can go say, here is the reasons behind this. If it's a non-technical, you have to almost put it in a phrase of money. Yeah. Like this is the upfront cost, but here's what it saves in the future. So I think depending on how technical the conversation changes.
6: Yeah, yeah it, it's something that's been amazing to me, too. Uh, so our CTO right now, he uh, he actually is responsible for a large chunk of commits on a new project. So he's traditionally uh, comes from the Java background and he yeah. is in a Microsoft shop now and he is taking it upon himself to learn dot net by integrating our software with QuickBooks along with the dev team. It has been an amazing experience to even watch those commits roll in. Uh, that's not something in my experience I've seen. That is
2: an amazing way to endear your developers to you. It's just by jumping in and taking part. That's a fantastic idea. It
6: really is. It it means a lot. Uh, every conversation that I've had with the guy has it, been amazing. He honestly cares about not just his developers, but the entire technology department. No,
2: that that is very nice because we actually we did a a webcast. It's a, a a live webcast we do outside of the podcast where we talked about how to communicate with non technical CTOs. And my role in that webcast was to shut my mouth because I'm too combative. But there were people in there that had some great ideas, so I would listen to them. So. Overall, the, the, the biggest disconnect seems to be for non-technical is people try to reach out and explain the technology to them, which isn't always the best case. It's here's how I'm saving you money. They have to be able to see because how many places is it just a, a black hole? In the eyes of executives, you guys just spend money; you don't yeah. save money. Most <laughs> like, of my career has been and it's difficult. Black holes. So, so the the big thing is technical technology. One's going to understand everything that goes into it. A non one, you have to explain. This is what it costs. Here's what it provides. And
0: that that's the arena that, um, like, security people have been combating for a long time. And I I feel like as PowerShell, DevOps, sysadmins, infrastructure related, prod ops, SRE, whatever, we can take lessons from them because they've the security industry has been dealing with those issues longer than we have. And there, there are words of wisdom there.
2: So, but they, they have an avenue we don't have, and that's a series of very public breaches of security. And all of a sudden, people are willing to spend money on it.
1: Customers react to that type of thing. But to echo your sentiment, man, and something that I kind of really appreciate about the world is we can learn from so many different industries. Um, So many artisans, creative types, mechanics, like we're all ultimately solving problems. And we if you look at the kind of core patterns, at least for me, I see them being very similar. I think that oftentimes in technology we think that what we're doing is super unique cuz it's the computers, it's the this, but when we distill it down it's not that unique. Maybe there's some things that are partially unique, but I think a lot of the patterns are uh
0: consistent. maybe you're not. I'm a What's special snowflake. What's the rating snowflake? of
1: your podcast? It's PG, so we'll beep. Okay. Ya. We beep people if they uh say anything.
0: Okay, okay. My shoulder's sore. I I'll be quiet.
2: <laughs> so far the record is we had an entire sentence get beeps. Yeah. A full sentence. It wasn't
1: that bad. It wasn't like, oh, my gosh, what did he just say? It was like, okay, no, probably not. But
0: but but I think we're hitting on important issues in the in the technical sphere. Like there's a lot of a a lot of the complications result from engineers ability to communicate with the people above them.
6: Yeah. Soft skills, not necessarily the hard technical skills. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. That. The hard technical skills a lot of the times are easier in ways. And that's, yeah,
6: I 100% it, believe that it is easier to talk to a computer than another human being,
1: I mean, especially <laughs> yeah. with the AI tools getting better. Yeah, it's going to be easier to get some of those fundamental tasks accomplished technically, but implementing them into an organization and the context and those become people problems very quick.
0: And I, I feel like that's an underrepresented part is that people tout all of these best practices that they want to adopt but one of the things that's lost to the wayside is the ability to convince the rest of the organization to hop on that train like you have to have the ability to communicate the reason why you should why it's profitable what's the cost benefit analysis Right. You, you mentioned security, like that.
1: risk is a business decision. Like, you know, security yeah. can be a
0: business decision. We have to make yeah. things contextual for the business thinkers. They were doing it first. Yeah. And we should take a lesson from them, in my opinion. I
1: agreed some great points, some great conversations. Jordan, Kevin Reese. Amazing. It's
0: fantastic. fantastic. Man.
1: Thank, thanks for us. Everyone loves me. <laughs> me to too. Everyone does. Oh yes, that's what I was going for. <laughs> thanks, Cheers. 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 Thanks for listening to the PowerShell Podcast,
2: PowerShell and DevOps Global Summit Edition,
0: PowerShell
2: After Dark. The PowerShell Podcast is a production of PDQ.com.